Double Dribble Podcast brought to you by the DS Walk Show and Deep Voice Radio is coming at you in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And welcome to the Double Dribble Podcast. I'm your host, DS. And before I go on and talk about the topic of my show today, the one of the greatest point guards of all time, Stephen Curry, I want to send my condolences, my hearts, my prayers out to Mikaela Bryant and her family. This 16-year-old was shot and killed by the police in Columbus, Ohio on the day where George Floyd Killer was sentenced and found guilty of second-degree murder, manslaughter, and murder. In a day where we seen accountability finally held against a former police officer, we now had to deal with another tragedy, but this time to a 16-year-old girl. And on a day like that, you know, it's, it's tough because she was a kid. A kid who called the police because she was being attacked. And she was trying to protect the people in her home. The police came. She came out with a knife, was trying to stab a young lady. And the officer, who I won't name, the young lady who she was trying to stab, I won't name. The police officer shot her, Michaela Bryan, four times. She died at the hospital. In my mind, it was a cop killing another black person or a cop killing a black teen. But when, but when they released the body camera, what we seen was that she came out of the house and swinging the knife. She was trying to stab somebody. And yes, he shot her four times and killed her. Now, could he have done something different than shoot to kill? Yes, he could have. However, he was trying to protect the young lady. And it's sad because this all should have never happened. It should never happen at all. You know, this this young girl had a, her life ahead of her. A full life to live, a full life to enjoy, a full life to make a difference. And now it's gone. Just like any other case, there is no win here. There is nothing here. It's all sadness all around because a 16-year-old girl is dead. A police officer is now on leave of absence, getting ridiculed all over. You know, you have LeBron James come out and said hey you're next as stupid ignorant as that was he deleted that tweet even lebron james get all did not get all the facts of what happened that day or why she got killed and i'm not going to criticize lebron james anymore because number one everybody else is already criticizing him and won't call him to be expelled with the nba that's not going to happen and two i'm not going to criticize him because he recognized that he made a mistake and that's why he deleted the tweet and that's why he sent two more tweets out explaining i'm not going to criticize him because he recognized his mistake and he cleaned it up. What I am going to say is that I am very disappointed that the young lady who was involved in this incident is now receiving death threats. For what? For what? I think she suffered enough. I think she suffered enough to the simple fact that she was part of this event. In some cases, she's probably started this. Number two, what's that going to do? That's not going to bring that 16-year-old girl back. Taking that young lady's life away is not going to do a damn thing. What, that, what, she got to die because she was involved in something that she allegedly probably started, and now she got to die too? Two wrongs don't make a right, ladies and gentlemen. This incident is just, it's just bad and sad all the way around. I mean, threatening the, the lady, the young one who was involved, saying that the police officer is next, all that doesn't mean anything to me or to the family. Because now we got to bury a young black woman, a young black woman who hasn't lived her life. And we as people, we have to be better than what we are right now. 
Yes, I want to see change in law enforcement. Yes, I want to see change all the way around. But as people of this country, we have to be better. We shouldn't be giving death threats. We should not here be telling people, hey, you're next. We should mean criticizing anybody right now. When I was at work, listening to another radio host, actually I listened to two of them. I'm not going to name them because I'm not a fan of theirs and I don't like their show. But you can hear the tone of their voice was that they are sick and tired of African-American black people complaining about the police. You know, one of the guys would be on the rant and said, you know, cops kill white people. Yeah, we know that. But not as the rate as African-Americans or minorities in this country. You know, then you hear some people say, hey, if you comply, you won't die. Well, when we do comply, we do die. It's like everybody who has a problem when athletes or African-Americans speak out against the police is a bad thing. It's like, why are you speaking out? You, you have no reason to speak out. Your opinion doesn't matter. You're an athlete. You need to shut up and play your sport and keep the politics out of your sport. And sometimes, you know, I'll be sitting here thinking like, damn, do these people know that the basketball player, the football player, the baseball players, they all grew up in the inner city. They grew up in these neighborhoods where the police harass them or their friends or a family member they grew up in these neighborhoods they know what it's like and you want them to be quiet how un-american is that they don't have a right to express their opinions they don't have a right to say anything they don't have a right to go out here and tweet against the police but yeah though it's okay that we tell them to shut up and dribble it's okay that we tell them to be quiet because they don't have no opinion but it, it, it's okay though but everybody else can say what they want to say everybody else can go out here and speak what they want to speak but not athletes no 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 you stay out of it you stay out of it because this don't concern you and you don't know what these people go through but yeah most of these athletes who are african-american grew up in the hood they grew up in these inner cities how dare them come out and say something like that and, and not only that they make it political they make this whole thing political. oh the, the democrats is out here and, and preaching the lie and they trying to turn the people against the police actually this been going on for years the police and african-american that battle this fight this been going on for over 400 years. This is probably one of the one of the best rivalries battles in American history. And there's no ending to it. Why? Because there's no solution. It's funny how nobody sees that. Nobody recognizes that. But yeah, everybody wants to, rather on the left, rather on the right, want to express their opinions, but never have a solution. Always think they have the answer, but never have a solution to fix the problem. It's, instead of fighting, it's like nobody want to come together. We just got to fight. We got to keep moving on. There's nothing wrong with our police. I mean, it's, it's it's funny how nobody want to acknowledge that. They, everybody's still in denial. And yes, uh, George Floyd, his case, Derek Chauvin found guilty. That's accountability that should have been going on for years. That just won. But as we know here in America, in the black community, that don't mean nothing. It's a start. But as we've seen, cops are still shooting African-Americans. Delon White was laid to rest this past week. And now McKay O'Brien got gunned down. And it's sad. It really, really sad that all of us in this country, we can't come together. And it's really sad that we out here expressing our opinions, right or wrong, but yet nobody wants to do anything to help the cause or help us all come together. And it's and it's unfortunate because this fight between African-Americans and the police is going to go on for another four or 500 years with no end in sight. And it's a damn shame. It's really a damn shame that everybody has always said America is the greatest country in the world and that this is where you're 
dreams come true. But yet, this is where dreams get cut short. And not only that, this is the country where our ugly side has been showing its ass for a very long time. And some people stay blind to it. Some people deny it. Some people accept it. And others want to see it go away. And then you got others who don't see that there's no problem. I'm here to tell you, all of this has to stop. It has to stop. We have to be better. We have to. And for all of those who have a problem with athletes like LeBron James, Stephen Curry, just name a few, Bubba Wallace, just name a few. If anyone here who has a problem with them expressing their opinion, what I hate to tell you, they're going to continue to do that. They're going to continue to do that, and they're going to continue to promote change. And they're going to continue continue to want accountability. That's going to keep going, whether they're athletes or re- former athletes. It doesn't matter because the next generation athletes coming up, they see this. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to continue the good fight, continue preaching change. It's not going to stop. What's going to stop and what we're hoping to stop is all the hate and all the killing of african-americans that has to stop the police has to stop gunning us down and not only that we all need to stop killing each other we all do because there's nothing worse than the police killing us then we are killing ourselves. There's only a small number of us in this country, actually in this world. And the more of us that keeps getting killed, the more and more likely at some point we all gonna be extinct. We're gonna be like dinosaurs. We're gonna be on the history books like, yo, we used to exist. All this has to stop at some point. It's not gonna be up to the police. It's not gonna be up to the politicians. It's not gonna be up to our grandparents, our mothers. It's gonna be up to all of us to end this, all of us. Because our worst enemy is ourselves. Until we start killing ourselves, until the police police start killing us then maybe then maybe america can be the country that we all dream and vision of being but until then it's always going to be two separate america i'm gonna take a short break collect my thoughts get my mind right and when i come back we're gonna talk about something good and something happy that's going on in the nba and i'm not talking about the brooklyn nets and i'm not talking about the los angeles lakers i'm talking about a certain individual who right now is like the nba up and he is setting records and he is breaking records. And right now he got his he's carrying his team on his back trying to get them to the postseason. So when I come back, we're gonna talk about that individual. Welcome back to the Double Drill Podcast, and I am your host, DS. Now, we all knew this NBA season, just like last last half of the season, was going to be different. It was going to be a lot of moving part. It was, it's just going to be very different how we view the game, watch the game, because one, there going to be no fans. Two, we know the NBA was going to try to do something to make it exciting. And three, we knew that teams were going to be back in their home arenas and it's going to be one of those, this season was going to be one of those type of seasons where it was going to be difficult because they had to play 72 games in a short span of time. And we knew going in, it was going to be difficult. How difficult? Well, a lot of players, key players are down with injuries out for the season. You know, we see teams that go on fastest game losing streak on a consistent basis. But yet we have seen teams that win seven, eight, nine, ten games in a row. How strange this season is, Utah Jazz right now, ladies and gentlemen, is number one seed in the Western Conference. 
The Charlotte Hornets, if the season ended right now, will be in the postseason. The New York Knicks, who has been the butt of all jokes for over a decade, who everyone has kept saying, including one of my homies, that as long as James Dolan is running the New York Knicks, they will not win. They will not be succeeding. Ladies and gentlemen, the New York Knicks won nine games in a row, and they are sitting in fourth place in the Eastern Conference. The Atlanta Hawks, I want to say no longer than a week ago, also was on an eight-game losing streak, and it's also in the playoff hunt. They sit at number five. We have the, the Brooklyn Nets, who has been one of the best stories in the NBA with KD, Kyrie, now with Harden, Blake Griffin. They are number two in the Eastern Conference. The Philadelphia 76ers sitting on top of the conference. The Boston Celtics, who basically been struggling most through this season, has caught fire. So there's been a lot of teams that's been up and down this season. Eight-game win losing streaks. Nine-game losing streaks. But then what has to change is that we know who our bottom feeders are. I mean, we, we kind of expected the, the Minnesota Timberwolves to be better this coming season. Now they even got worse. And it's it's amazing how because you got DeAndre Russell and and uh and Cat. How can you get worse? The Detroit Pistons, who thought that there was going to be a playoff team, after about 10 games, they realized they wasn't, and they started selling off their parts and not playing, guys. So now they're the third worst team in the NBA. The Orlando Magic suffered Lost two key players to season in the injuries, starting to set off their important parts in their team. Aaron Gordon, uh, Evan Foreigner, Foreigner, and now they won the worst teams in the NBA. They lost Isaac last year to ACL toward in the bubble. They lost Markel Folks to ACL injury. Heck, their draft pick, Bamba, is a backup, and he hasn't produced. So this NBA season, we have seen teams been up, and we have teams being down. We see the Los Angeles Lakers struggling right now. We see the Dallas Mavericks who struggled early just trying to get back, trying to get to being sixth place and have been the play-in game. Right now, the Washington Wizards are on an eight-game winning streak, and they sit in the 10th place of the play-in game. I mean, this NBA season is straight nuts, straight crazy. But you know what's so good about this NBA season is that one man, has been a house on fire. One man that has been entertaining more than any other player in the NBA right now. No, I'm not talking about Donovan Mitchell. You know, he's having a incredible season. I'm not talking about Joe B, but yes, he is a top MVP candidate of the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not talking about Giannis. I'm not talking about LeBron because he's out. I'm not saying AD because AD's been out. I could be talking about Damian Lillard, but I'm not. I could be talking about any host of players in this league, but it's only one that stands out. It's only one guy that's been out here for the last 20 games. Actually, for the whole month of April, has been putting everybody on notice. And not only that, has been showing everybody his greatness and how great he is. And he has his team right now sitting in the ninth seed in the play-in game, in the ninth seed. And that's scary because you don't want to play this team in a one-game playoff. Because you do, you might lose. Because he's that lethal. And who am I talking about? I am talking about number 30 of the Golden State Warriors, Stephen freaking Curry. Who we all know by as Wardell Stephen Curry II. Or as we know him as one half of the Splash Brothers. Stephen Curry is the greatest sniper slash shooter in NBA history. And when it's all said and done... And I'm going to say this right now, and I know a lot of people 
going to disagree with me. But you know what? I don't care because that's how I feel. And I know I'm a huge fan of the guy he's about to pass up because he was my idol. He was my hero back in the day. But when it's all said and done, Stephen Curry will go down as the greatest point guard in NBA history. I might as well go ahead and accept that. He will be. Why? Because he's just that damn great. And the guy he's going to pass up is Magic Johnson. He already passed up Isaiah Thomas. As Michael Jordan said, the second greatest point guard ever playing basketball right behind Magic Johnson. Stephen Curry already passed up Isaiah Thomas, who I'm a huge fan of, who I adore because he led my Detroit Pistons to back-to-back championship. And his right, one of the greatest point guards ever played and a Hall of Famer. Stephen Curry already passed him up. Stephen Curry, at the end of his career, is going to pass up Magic Johnson. Stephen Curry, single-handedly right now, is keeping Golden State Warriors in playoff contention. He is right now their entire offense. He is right now, as he has been over the last five years, the best three-point shooter in the NBA. But now, that's different because he is the greatest, the greatest shooter. It doesn't matter. Three, two, free throw line, doesn't matter. He is the greatest shooter in NBA history. If you don't believe me, ladies and gentlemen, I have the numbers to back it up. And I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to break it down right now for this season. Stephen Curry is averaging 31.2 points per game, 5.8 assists, on per 26.39. That's for the season. Stephen Curry, over a 10-game span, has shot and made 72 free, excuse me, 72 three-point shots. 72. No other player has ever done that. In fact, no other player at the age of 33 has ever done that. But Stephen Curry has. He has scored. <laughs> let me let me run this back, ladies and gentlemen. Curry is literally rewriting the NBA record book with each game. Okay, he has scored thirty or more points in eleven straight games. That's the most ever for a player thirty-three and over. In his last ten games, he has accounted for thirty-five percent of his team's points, tying him with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant for the best such stretch for a player thirty-three or older. He has taken over the NBA scoring lead at 31.4 points per game. Contradict myself, I was wrong. Passing up Bradley Beal, who was averaging 31.1. And how's he doing it? He's just being so damn aggressive. Because he has to be. He has to be. And because of the, the way he's been playing, for the month of April, the Golden State Warriors are 75, in which they should be four or five games below 500 for the month of April. He has the Warriors... The Golden State Warriors won five or six games are in the ninth seed thanks to what Curry is doing. And he said to himself, he's seen Kobe Bryant early in his career had a stretch where he went nuts. That was from Steve Kerr, who played with Michael Jordan and had witnessed Michael Jordan go crazy on the court. And not only that, he has, Stephen Curry has now eight games this season of 40 plus points. The next closest player has five. He has eight. And there's more games to be played. Against the Philadelphia 76ers, in which the Golden State Warriors won 107-96, he had 49 points, 11 three-pointers, and one of his teammates waved the towel in his direction and mocked Jester to cool off. He was killing him by himself. And the game before, he hit, what, was it like 10, 11, 12 on the Boston Celtics? And they should have won that game. Stephen Curry, I know everybody's saying, 
the Joker, Dame Lillard, Joe Embiid. No, they the top MVP candidates. Before he went down with his injury, James Harden, LeBron James, all these guys were the top five MVP candidates. What they were doing this season, but Seth and Curry was not getting that love for what he was doing for the Golden State Warriors. This guy is literally putting his team on his back. He has him in the ninth seed. I don't want to play this team in the playoffs. Draymond Green even said, I would want to play this team in the playoffs. And in one game, playoffs, where everything's on the line, man, Curry might go for 60. But it, the reason why I say he's one of the greatest point guards ever play, because like Magic Johnson, he revolutionized not just the point position, but the game. Magic Johnson came to the league as a 6'9 point guard. He won an NBA championship as a rookie playing center against the Philadelphia 76ers. And his legendary battles with the Boston Celtics and Larry Bird is go is right now is one of the greatest rivalries, one of the greatest games that we have ever seen. I witnessed those games against Magic and Bird, the Lakers and Celtics. That was one of the best rivalries. And yes, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird saved the NBA because the NBA is about to go bankrupt. A lot of people don't know that. In the 80s, Bird and Magic saved the league. I get all that. I know this already, but we talking about at the skill position, at the point guard position, the, the lead dog, the guy who runs the offense, the guy who's supposed to get everybody involved, the guy who's supposed to get be able to create shots for his teammates. Stephen Curry just threw all that out of the way. This dude not only gets his teammates involved, this dude not only creates shots for his teammates, but he gets his as well. And yet, and he is not in the MVP conversation because the Golden State Warriors are, what, 20, 29, 29, 29, or 29 to 30 or 30? I don't know. I think they're either 500 team or game or, or game under. It doesn't matter. And in, in, in this season right now, how strange it is, you're going to sit here and say Curry is not in the MVP conversation to me. If the Golden State Warriors get into the playoffs, if they win that playing game, they if they do, Curry should be the MVP in the NBA. Should the MVP. It'll be his third, but he deserves it because he's carrying this team. Nobody, nobody is out here doing what he's doing. I mean, yes, we seen Jokic step his game up because Jamal, Jamal Murray went down with an ACL tour. But he also has Michael Porter Jr. He also has Will Barton. He also has Paul Millsap. So he he got guys on his team that can step up and, and take some of the load off him. Curry has nobody. Draymond Green is not an offensive threat. James Wiseman is out for the season. Jordan Poole is not consistent. Eric Pascal is every other game. Andrew Wiggins, who also is having a career year and is having a good year, but he's not balling like Curry. Kelly Aubrey Jr., another baller who's having a decent season, and he's doing his fair share, but he's not doing it like Curry. And how can I forget Klay Thompson, the other half of the Splash Brothers, who was supposed to be ready for this season, went out, tore his ACL in a pickup game. He's out for the season. Curry has nobody, nobody to compliment him the way that he should be. It's no Kevin Durant. There's no Klay Thompson. There is nobody else. And sure, yeah, I just named Wiggins and Aubrey Jr., yeah, they're going to do their fair share. They're going to do their part. But Curry is doing the bulk of the heavy work. He is carrying this offense. He is carrying this team. And because he's going crazy over the last 20 games, then the reason why they're in discussion to be in the playing game. And if they continue to win, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to be a, a, <laughs> number seven. 
I do not want to see the Golden State Warriors in a one-game playoff. And Stephen Curry needs some respect on his name, needs some respect on what he is doing. He needs it. Actually, he doesn't need it. I think he already know how great he is. But the simple fact that we are overlooking it, man, that's a gut punch. Again, he's going to go down as the greatest point guard to ever play. And I want everybody, the old school, the uh, the old heads who talking about, yo, I know basketball. I know talent. You, you guys don't have to accept that. The new generation, they write about this one. But the old heads, y'all going to have to accept this. We're going to start seeing point guards come into the league. Actually, we already did. We already seen it. His name is Trey Young. And he his game is similar. Not close. Kind of similar to what Curry is doing. And we're going to see the whole lot of them going to come to the league because he changed the way the NBA is playing. He changed the way the point guard should be played. That's when you know when you're a great player is when you change the way the NBA is playing. Because now everybody out here thinks they're a three-point shooter. Everybody out here wants to be Seth Curry, shoot the deep threes. Everybody out here wants to be the type of playmaker that he is. If you don't believe me, just watch the NBA game. Watch all your favorite players and watch them how they come down and shoot three-point shot and see how they put that in their game. Because now that three-point shot is their first shot. And everything else is a distant third or fourth because of Seth Curry. Stephen Curry did this. And he changed the game in basketball in a good way. Not in a negative way, in a very good way. And he's made it more entertaining. He, You know, I remember when the slam dunk contest was the contest that everybody wanted to watch at the All-Star game. It was the show. It was the top show. But now it's a three-pointer. It's a three-point contest. And now, and we watch the NBA, we expect to see Seth Curry, Dane Willard, just named a few, to come down past the half-court line and shoot the deep three and make it on a consistent basis. That's what we expect now because that's the way the game is being played. And I love it. And Curry, at the end of his career, is going to get his due. He's getting it now, but he's really going to get his due. And the Golden State Warriors, who at the end of this season and next season got some tough decisions to make, I hope they make the right one. I hope they do. This has been the Double Drip Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I'll check in with you guys later. Look out for a current episode coming to you very soon. I'm out. Peace. Because that's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Simpson. Thank you for listening to the Double D Podcast, a.k.a. the Double Dribble Podcast, brought to you by the DLS Walk Show and The Voice Radio. You can listen to me on Anchor or on Spotify, and you can follow me on Twitter.